What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. It's your girl, Karina, aka Hoodrina. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm here at my mom's dinner table, chilling, vibing, excited to be hanging out with my wife and recording this podcast. I am on Kawia and Luceno territories, um, also known as Marino Valley, California. What's up, sis? Good to be with you. Um, this is Asia, also known as Bones, Bugs, and Botany. You are. Uh, and I'm here on the Cheyenne U and Arapaho territories, also known as Aurora, Colorado. Uh, shout out to my birthplace shout out <laughs> Jasper's here um, my cousin Ebony is here it's her day off it's nice. house cleaning day so <laughs> everything's a little moving and grooving but it's it's good to be with y'all again today yes it's equally good to be with all y'all folks and um I'm wondering, Asia, what is in your medicine bag today? Ooh. Power and control is in Mm. my medicine bag today. Um, Interesting. You know, Karina has been naming these different sort of ideas. Like the first one that you taught me was that like, insecurity was also like self-centeredness right and what I'm discovering is um, that other ways that I try to take control of situations that I don't feel in control of is by um, like like uh, like rejecting or not liking or like Mm. Um, denialism like cutting things down like there's there are all these ways that like my power comes from like a negative kind of energy right these like Mm. these negative attempts to uh, to maintain my serenity it often looks like rejection right Mm -hmm. like rejecting as a way of holding uh controlling the situation um Mm -hmm. so i'm not saying that controlling the situation is a bad thing yeah that resistance and rejection and all of these ways in which we are disagreeable in which we say no like they're really powerful and i recognize the places where that is inauthentic Mm -hmm. and it's just me like grasping instead of me moving into surrender so um Mm. powers in my medicine bag uh I had a beautiful experience with Hawthorne Mm. when I experienced heartbreak during sad girl summer (laughs) uh I felt it so bad it was like it was like a line from my heart to my womb and what's fascinating is that like herbs like motherwort similarly work the heart and womb womb and in those instances was really powerful for me but uh since my womb was contracting I was menstruating Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to try Hawthorne to see if that line from the heart to the womb uh, could be worked in reverse. Uh, and so I took mm. Hawthorne tincture instead of my normal yellow duck work and the Hawthorne tincture stopped the muscle spasms in my womb. Interesting. Yeah. So it stopped the cramps and it had me feel good. And the way that it works best is when the cramps sort of return, you just keep dosing the Hawthorne mm. uh, until it stops completely. To... But uh, so shout out to new ways of understanding the the female physiology and how plants work within that. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to start bleeding real soon. If not today, tomorrow, maybe the next day, <laughs> one of these days. Um, so yeah, um, I kind of want to build off of, um, your medicine bag, having power and control in it. And, um, so I'm thinking about this past week. Um, Hmm. I mean, I've been doing the work, um, with, uh, you know, um, (laughs) I've been doing some real relational work lately, and um, I was really hard on myself because I had a lot of resistance, um, and instead of trusting myself, um, I was just trying to get out of being so resistant, but um, I had a test this past weekend that I feel like I fully put myself into. And uh, yeah, I decided to take my power back. Um, I think I'm still trying to figure out exactly why I was afraid, but I think losing people is a fear and maybe feeling like if I fully take on my power, I might either push them away or have to like cut off the relationship Mm. and in this situation I decided you know by taking on my full power I need to have the conversation but I can also have grace because the way that Karina magic works like listen like Mm. I can tell you exactly what I need to tell you and give you a hug at the same time you know um I can be fully generous um, in communication. And so that's what I did. And um, yeah, I felt so good. I was like, Karina, like you're a bad bitch. Like you really did that. Um, And I just felt so expansive. And during all of that, like struggle to have the conversation to like doing it, I had um, my girl Hawthorne tincture and my girl lemon bomb. I said, y'all, I need both of y'all right now. Like, <laughs> and my girl cannabis, period. Period. <laughs> Listen, I needed all three because I knew it was gonna be difficult. Um, but um, yeah, I would say that Hawthorne really took care of my heart because I was like, ooh, my heart was being crazy for just, you know, the anticipation of stepping in. And my anxiety was crazy too. So my girl Lemon Balm was here for me. 
And then my girl cannabis was here to just give me all around calmness and help me sleep when I needed to sleep. So Mm. yeah, I took on my power and um, yeah, sometimes you do take on control and it doesn't have to be um, a damaging process. Like Mm. maybe taking control in certain situations can allow for expansion. Right. Um, so mm. yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a lot took place, okay. But um, yeah, so I'm just really grateful for myself for comforting myself, um, and allowing myself to feel sad and to feel the things like it's all good. We got a uh, lemon balm, we got um hawthorne to take care of you like while you feel the things. So mm. Yeah, I yeah, I took care of myself all around. So um yeah, it yeah, very victorious weekend for me. So yeah. And also <laughs> deciding to uh re-record this podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> Take it on power because I was like, I just feel like I wasn't a hundred percent like I think we just need to re-record. And he's just like, that ain't no problem, that ain't no problem. So here we are. Here we are. Um, and yeah, ooh, I'm so glad for you, sweet sis. And it's really important to know that like control doesn't have to be coercion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the edge of learning these different parts of yourself and testing them. And mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't have to be coercive control over the self. It doesn't have to be enslavement yeah. of the yeah. other, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it is powerful um to be able to execute that control. It's like me and my Pilates, like me having control over my core or with my core, right? Like it's it's important and it's meaningful that I can access those muscles instead of leaning on my back. Mm, yeah. <sighs> That's been a bridge to all y'all for way too long. <laughs> oh, right that's real we control the core so let's get into it what are we talking about today kind of thing yeah so so there are a lot of um health claims being made about essential oil um and those claims are often um overshadowing some of the negative health claims. Um, There are two, I think, that we can focus on uh, in in this episode, but um, the biggest and and, and the the most important for me is essential oils as um, endocrine disruptors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that study that Asia is referring to is the prepubertal gynecomastia study that linked uh, lavender um, and tea tree oils. And this was a study from 2007 from the National Institute of Environmental Environmental Health Sciences. So this, uh, I think one, two, three, four, there are four articles on this study. So it is well-documented studies um, but Asia found some alternative research trying to go against that particular study. So what did you find, Asia? 
Well, yeah. First, you know, let's get into the endocrine system. Yes, let's get into it. So the endocrine system is one of the messenger systems of our body that have a lot of complex feedback loops um, between our hormones and the glands uh, and the body that release those hormones into our circular system. And so um, it uses our hormones to control and coordinate metabolism, think insulin, energy Mm -hmm. level, reproduction, think um, uh, estrogen and testosterone and progesterone, growth Mm -hmm. and development, a response to injury, stress and mood, think cortisol. Um, And all of these things are governed by our hormones, Mm -hmm. right? These are all governed by our hormones in relationship to our nervous system. And what's really fascinating about the endocrine system is that it is such a delicate dance Mm -hmm. of the body sending messages in order that it can stay in adaptation to what's happening in the external environment. Um, Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating is that each of these different systems, right? are interrelated. So when we're thinking about, for example, our reproductive system, research shows that about a week before menstruation, Mm -hmm. um, folks with female bodies, uh, their metabolism changes and their uh, insulin sensitivity changes. And so in that, you know, Mm -hmm. one example, we see the way that something like our reproductive hormones can cause our our metabolism to shift. But Mm -hmm. it's also think about when we have a fight or flight response, right? And Mm -hmm. our endocrine system sends cortisol throughout the body in order to activate it. When that cortisol is sent throughout our body, it changes our digestion, Mm -hmm. right? It changes the circulation of our blood, right? It changes the shape of our eyeballs, right? Every single system in the endocrine system impacts the others. Mm. Okay. And so around 2007, multiple different researchers, multiple different um, uh, individuals were reporting uh, this, this gyno, uh, gyno, gynecomastia, gynecomastia, which is the growth of, of breast in prepubescent children and especially in prepubescent males. Mm-hmm. Um, and while Karina and I don't mind titties. <laughs> we love titties, actually. We love, listen, <laughs> um, we hate a lack of consent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. the problem that boys are growing breasts. It's a problem that boys and their families or little girls and their families or little people in their families did not ask right, for this negative side effect, and they weren't warned of it. Um, And so we're seeing a proliferation of articles starting in 2007, warning about the possible link between uh, lavender and tea tree oil and um, the the growth of breasts. Yeah. And then something interesting happens in the research, right? About Mm -hmm. 2020, uh, we see research papers coming out by especially and specifically uh, Jay Hawkins and Associates, Um, saying that, you know, this is not true, blah, blah, blah. Um, And what's fascinating is then other sources on the internet are quoting uh, this research by Jay Hawkins and Associates saying it debunked the myth and it proves Mm. that essential oils are safe. And I'm Mm. like, huh, interesting. Yeah, if science ever says we've proven, scientifically proven 
that ain't the truth because scientists will often report their findings and their conclusions based on scientific studies, but they will never say something was proven. So obviously we had to take a look into that. We had to take a look. So I did take a look and look at uh, Jay Hawk and her associates and they were all researchers at the same organization. Hmm. And I said, hmm, okay, these aren't researchers at institutions uh, right. like schools. These aren't institutions at specific kind of labs. These are, hmm. these are okay, all right. So then I, I go to uh, Franklin Health Research <laughs> and the first page, it says natural product clinical trials. We help your products become quote unquote scientifically proven. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That took me out. Not scientifically <laughs> proven in quotations. In quotations on the website. Okay. Like I can't make this up. The markets mm. they serve are consumer brands, ingredient suppliers, and drug development. I'm like, huh. <laughs> huh. This oh, is really man. fascinating. And it's like, oh, these are pay for hire researchers. Yeah. These are researchers who the industries pay mm-hmm. to produce specific favorable results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a corruption. Yeah. This is this is incendiary. Yeah. Like if science is biased, then it's right. not science. It's not science. It's just marketing. And mm. we we got to remember, right? Because we're in this like neoliberal postmodern paradigm where fake news is news, mm-hmm. right? And corporations like these essential oil companies are able to pay fake research yeah. and, and faulty researchers to produce results in their favor. And then these results are used by the mommy bloggers, the MLMs and Mm. the proponents of these essential oils to try to pretend as if something is not wrong when, when it is. Yeah. Okay. So what's fascinating. So, you know, I continued my research because I wanted to see if there was any um, um, research that contested this, Mm -hmm. this, this, this fact or this idea that, that these essential oils are disrupting the endocrine system. And I found mm-hmm. another one. Um, and this was in the journal mm-hmm. of reproductive toxicology, 2013. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So they say some interesting things in here. <laughs> and, and this talks to the second thing that we want to, you know, warn you about with, uh, with essential oils, which is, is that they're corrosive, So Mm. in this article, they're saying it's possible that the lavender and tea tree essential oil corroded the plastic packaging that it was placed in, causing the endocrine disruptors from the plastic to leach into the shampoo or into the products. And (laughs) And I'm like, wait, so you're blaming one endocrine disruptor that's stronger for the other endocrine disruptor actually causing the issues like I'm sorry but 
like the the stronger one that melted it wouldn't you think that would have had the most impact like right. just using common sense so if these essential oils are capable of melting plastic right how are these safe consumable goods Mm-mm. okay plastic is a chief endocrine disruptor for sure mm-hmm. right um and the combination of plastic and lavender Lord. <laughs> right this could be you know the results so so i'm like all right but who is this study sponsored by so i right. look at the conflict of interest statement it says in the past cf carson has received research grants and or consulting fees from the australian government and or from industry for research about essential oils RT to Sand is a shareholder of First Natural Brands, which owns Tisser, Tisser and, and Aromatherapy. T. Larkin is the CEO of Australian's Tea Tree Industry Association. Yes. <laughs> An Australian-based not-for-profit organization formed as the peak body to promote and represent the interest of the Australian tea tree industry. So that tells you a lot of what you need to know about these particular researchers. Every researcher on the team is captured by capital. Yeah. How can we trust the results of any of these studies if the studies are conducted by people who are paid by the industry itself. Right. Right. And this is, this is crazy. This, I mean, okay, check it. Mm-hmm. What is oh, lavender essential oil used for? Right. It's used to calm you down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. we know that all aromatic plants, which we talked about in our spice series, mm-hmm. they're powerful because they can pass the blood brain barrier and move directly into the bloodstreams and into these organs of elimination, many of which house the glands of the endocrine system, right? Yeah. Kidney and adrenal gland, they're on top of each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. So If lavender is going to make you calm, that means it's going to change the level of cortisol, which is a stress hormone in your body. Mm -hmm. And if it changes one of the hormones, then it means it's going to change other hormones, right? Right. Because they're all dancing and interconnected. So it is so probable that essential oil that can modulate cortisol levels in your body can similarly influence your reproductive hormones as well. And indeed, when you do Mm -hmm. research... On the inner, you just Google uh, essential oils for testosterone or mm. essential oils for estrogen balance. The people using essential oils are clearly understanding mm-hmm. that they can change levels of testosterone and estrogen in your body. Those are, that's your endocrine system. Yep. That's a disruption. Yes. Okay. Wow. So if the industry is paying all this money starting in 2020 with Jay Hawkins and associate from Franklin health research, a pay for product uh, research, quote unquote, research institution, Mm -hmm. right. Then the influence of these essential oils on our endocrine system is even more devastating than we probably can imagine, which is why they're paying so much down to shut so much money to shut down uh, the descent. Yeah. Which is very scary. And I also found some research as well as I was going down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Um, 
to kind of back up what um, Asia and I were experiencing, especially what I experienced. Um, remember in last week's episode when I mentioned uh, when we were trying all the different deodorants in my armpits were raw. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it co- comes to find out that, you know, all obviously the endocrine system is being disrupted, but also the integumentary system, which is the skin has been being ravished by these essential oils. And um, the dermatologists are getting together and doing some research. I found countless articles, which again, I will put on the show notes for y'all. But in particular, there's this article called The Art of Prevention, Essential Oils uh, Dash Natural Products Not Necessarily Safe. And this study was done in 2020 by the um, Department of dermatology at the University of Missouri. And um, a lot of its findings, or I'll give you some of its findings. So they found allergic contact dermatitis from cinnamon essential oil, including one case from airborne exposure, um, one uh, uh, contact contact, uh, dermatitis, or I'm sorry, contact dermatitis um, from a fragrance in Korea. Um, there was um, childhood ectopic eczema from a massage oil. Um, there was allergic contact dermatitis caused from um, lavender oil and contact chelatitis, which was caused by menthol from toothpaste and throat medication. So uh, although, you know, we mentioned there are people doing research on, or there's been research done on the integumentary system. There are dermatologists getting together and creating these studies because they're noticing direct impacts from, as I mentioned, massage oils, um, oils or um, oils from fragrances and also from toothpaste and things like that. So Y'all, it's, it ain't safe. It's not safe. The, the last thing that I want to bring up is the impact of essential oils on the microbiome. Mm. And especially as Karina mentioned, the skin biome. So mm-hmm. all uh, essential oils are antibacterial. Yeah. Okay. And okay. what's important with our microbiome is not that we eliminate sort of the bacteria, right? But that mm-hmm. we cause the beneficial bacteria to proliferate. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these essential oils not only destroy the beneficial or the um, the bacteria that we don't want so much of, but they also wipe out our beneficial microbiome. Yeah. organisms as well, mm-hmm. um, which is integral to having a healthy microbiome. Um, right. And so we're using, str- it's like every time you use an essential oil, imagine that you're taking an antibiotic, mm-hmm. right? But worse, because right. essential oils just may be more broad spectrum, right? right? So uh, the it, they're not safe. And the, the, the thing that makes me so upset though, um, is that there's a lack of consent. Pharmaceuticals have to have the side effects. Essential oils must name their side effects. Right. They have to name their side effects. You should not be able to buy these highly toxic medicines at your 7-Eleven. Yeah. These are 
these are really dangerous chemicals. Yes, this is an area where you do need a degree in aromatherapy, mm-hmm. right? This is an area where you have to understand the, the social historical context of working with these oils was that this was the plant medicine of shamans, right? right. This was the plant medicines of like, you had to go to the, to the church to get anointed. Right. Didn't anoint yourself because you felt like it was a Tuesday night, right? <laughs> the decontextualization of these oils and of this medicine, not all things should be available. Mm. This is not quote unquote natural, right? Yeah. And also nature's a bitch. Yep. She dangerous. Mm-hmm. Y'all <laughs> in your sexism think that women are sweet. <laughs> Oof, and come on with it. the idea that everything that's natural is sweet. Mm. But women like our earth are complex, right? Mm. And we will take you out. Yeah. We'll take you out. She'll take you out. So yeah. there are alternatives to essential oil use. Yes. And I want, I want us to be sitting with the alternatives that actually are more simple, more safe, and more effective, which are the cornerstones of a people's medicine. Essential oils are not a people's medicine. And this is an area where I take a stand. That's right. Let's, um, let's get into our bougie auntie word of advice to leave with y'all. What you got, Asia? Mm. <sighs> I've been sitting with the way that I am such a no to essential oils Mm -hmm. and the way that like my desire for non-duality can sometimes be challenged by the strong positions that I take. Mm. And what's really, you know, beautiful is that when we are sitting in the world of non-duality even polarity is non-dual there's Mm. there's people confuse non-duality with not taking a position at all right they confuse Mm. non-duality with some like me some middle ground right Mm -hmm. right but it's it's a framework of understanding that like in this material reality that we live there are some some reasons to stand up for yourself yeah there's some reasons to say no Mm-hmm. Right. And I have been sitting with the the sacredness of the binary. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting with how sacred it is to not be in the middle, because when you're in the middle, then you can get pushed around any which way. When you're in the middle, you're indeterminate. When you're in the middle, right, then you're so-so, you're lukewarm, right? There's something mm-hmm. really powerful of of holding down one edge of the spectrum so that the spectrum can, t- can continue to be broad, so that mm-hmm. it can continue to contain the all of, of what's here. And mm-hmm. the fear is the narrowing of the spectrum, right? Such that you want to, you want to, you want to be like in the middle. And what happens is that the, the broadness of what's possible begins to get smaller and smaller. And so when I say no to essential oils, right, then I'm holding down the no frequency. Mm-hmm. And that means I'm pushing into the edge of why I shouldn't, why I don't mm-hmm. want to, and what else is available, yeah. right? 
And it also allows for the other spectrum to develop. It also allows for people to be like, well, I'm a yes. So let me actually mm -hmm. critically engage with why you're a no to see if we can find something in the middle. But if you start off in the middle, then there's really nowhere for you to go, mm -hmm. right? So I'm a stand for taking strong positions. I'm a stand for like pure yeses and pure noes. And I'm also a stand for maybe so's, but my bougie word of advice for y'all is to really sit with what are the things in your life that you're willing to take a stand for? Mm -hmm. And what are the things that you actually stand against? And I'm thinking of these whack memes where it's like, <laughs> love is love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, all Black lives matter. Mm -hmm. And it's all these like, obnoxious statements that haven't been thoroughly interrogated or investigated right but thinking about if you know you were allowed to be yourself and not be policed like mm. what are the things that actually matter the most to you that you're a yes to that you're a no to what what do you stand for mm -hmm. and that's my word of advice for you is to think about those positions that you were really firm in um, and see and interrogate what's available in that firmness and what's mm -hmm. lost. Wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Asia has really mm, taught me the importance of taking a firm stance um, in something and that being important to holding down the spectrum. There has to be people who hold down their position. Like everyone, you remember, um, in elementary school when we had the, like that, uh, what was that? Like that round blanket thing that you, everyone had to pull the parachute parachute. That's <laughs> yeah. Everyone has to hold their position for it to be perfectly round and straight. Mm. And so, yeah, Asia, you've helped me understand the importance of that. And um, I think that in order to become a petty herbalist, you have to know what you're going to be petty about. <laughs> and we all know how to be petty about the same things, but you do have to be petty about certain things. And so I think all that you said is very important. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, Faye. Um, and so for me, I feel like I'm one of those people who, you know, I can transition. I'm one of those people who lets go the the a parachute and I'm like, you got it. OK, let me let me run through to the other side kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. I I have the ability to meet people where they're at and bring them to where they need to go kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I do believe that it's important to hold it down. And also, I know that not everyone is in that place where they can hold it down firmly or they need support in order to hold down their position firmly. Mm. So, yeah, it's a unique place, position, gifting power that I have. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy, but uh, yeah, I take it on. And so, yeah, I'm I'm a firm no to essential oils. And also there are a lot of essential oils that are in my home that I have not taken out there. Of, you know, I still have my toothpaste. I still have like a, a bunch of shit, honestly, that contain essential oils that I have not parted ways with. Um, 
but I do know, like I, I have all the research, I, I've known all the things, but I need to get there. And so if y'all are like me, like, I don't want y'all to have shame. But also, you know, we got work to do. Hmm. We need to, if we're going to have integrity in the type of herbalism that we practice, then, you know, we need to move to where we need to go. Um, but for hmm. me, I'm a no shame, no blame, no guilt kind of gyal. <laughs> And Caribbean uh, Giel. So, you know, we move. We're we're always moving. We're always growing. So um yeah, y'all, we can we can get rid of some of the things, y'all. And um, like Asia said um earlier, we can um really um uh involve ourselves in this consent culture because we we don't want to be uh creating sickness for ourselves and other people just by wearing x y and z um and disrupting their hormones and you know causing dermatitis like we don't want to do that we want to create health for people we want people to be able to choose whether they are interacting with essential oils or not so Mm, yes that's what i got Hmm. when you said like not everyone is able to hold down their ground and they need some support it um it reminded me of the tremendous amount of privilege that it has taken for me to eliminate all essential oils from my world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a class A fucking herbalist, TBH. Period. And Period. what it means is that like, I am able to extract the scents from different fats. I can select which fat for what, what scent that I want to extract. Like it's a pretty advanced form of medicine making. Um, And I want to acknowledge that not everyone has enough time or interest or skill, right, Mm -hmm. to to surround themselves with living plants the way that I do. And so I do want to acknowledge that, like, it takes privilege to hold down your frequency. Yeah. And I'm a I'm a champion debater. So. Oh, she sure is. Y'all don't already know. (laughs) I really am. So it's like it also takes like certain you know, it's not, it's not easy to do. And as we've seen with our ancestors in the civil rights movement, like people will come at you with a bully club and a dog. Okay. Not everyone can afford to get bitten. Mm-mm. Not everyone got their raincoat, <laughs> right? They no, can't take the water hose. They can't. So it takes something to be able to hold down, to hold it down. And I just want to acknowledge that too. Yeah. I really do. Thank you. Because, um, you know, I'm I'm still trying to get that toothpaste that you have. But, you know, I ain't got $50. <laughs> don't come. Don't come for my toothpaste. Listen, I'm trying to get it. So, you know, I'm, I'm here for the thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. All right, y'all. Um, I want to end on another long note. <laughs> because y'all we received a new review and it made me an Asia cry so we had to get up on here and uh, read it I think I know this person because uh, they like a lot of the things on the podcast if I can recall their username seems similar to their um, their Instagram handle but um mm-hmm. Yes, because I think it's bex.ch.ch.ch. So shout out to you. Um, all right, let me read it. Um, and might I add, they did a five-star review. <laughs> so come on. 
keep up these five star reviews, y'all. All All right. (laughs) After listening to many herbalism podcasts for years, I was always left feeling like a little something was missing. When I found Petty Herbalist, it felt like I found what I'd been looking for. Petty Herbalist is at once the exact combination of content that speaks to me, grounded, practical, and applied herbal knowledge shared within the context of cultural and political history and experiential embodied wisdom. In addition to this amazing approach, I just find these two so joyful and soothing to listen to. Such an ignition of joyfulness to listen to these two laugh and love on each other. I was going through a period of insomnia and started listening to the petty herbalist as a lullaby to lull me to sleep. Mm. It's that comforting to me. I recommend to all my friends, even vaguely interested in learning about herbs. (sighs) That was beautiful. Y'all had us crying. So thank you so much for your reviews. We obviously read all of them and cherish them so much. So if y'all are fans of the Petty Herbalist podcast, keep shouting us out. Keep uh, sending over those reviews. And um, yeah, be honest with your reviews too. Like if y'all ain't feeling something, let us know, you know? And if we have haters in the building, that means we're doing something right. Amen. Amen. So period. (laughs) But yeah, it's to everybody or Asia. I don't know if you had something to say, some word of gratitude. No, I am filled (laughs) up with joy and I cried. So again, (laughs) 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 okay. um, But yeah, I just want to thank y'all again for supporting us um, in all the ways, especially on the Instagram. Um, Y'all, I've been posting things on TikTok. Okay. Oh, they're really great. Um, and a special shout out to, you know, the people who have financial resources available to support us on the Patreons. Like y'all are really doing the things, supporting Petty Herbalist for the product for, for the production of the podcast, because y'all it'd be taking a while, you know. Um, and also for you know the time that it takes to post anything in general like I just I really appreciate all y'all's support and we wouldn't be here if it weren't for y'all and also Asia's entire life is funded by y'all I mean you know other things too but still like Asia is a what did you call yourself a class a herbalist (laughs) period and yeah like y'all's support is really important so for those supporting patreon.com slash bones bugs and botany we really appreciate y'all and if you're not supporting yet y'all can always get on the patreon and do that again that's patreon.com slash bones bugs and botany and to support petty herbalist podcast patreon.com slash petty herbalist so Mm. that's what we got for y'all today and uh we're gonna continue the sacred fats series um next week with y'all so thanks again and remember to stay ready and be petty bye (laughs) bye